friends, and welcome to the Experience Our Industry podcast. I am Dr. Brian Greenwood, and I am super excited to be here today with Nick Price. How are you, Nick? Good. It's so great to see you, Dr. Greenwood. Oh, it's so great to see you too, Nick. Uh, we were just talking and Nick is a 2021 graduate of our program and he's currently the sports coordinator for Destination DC and we're going to get to hear all about that. And um, he is, uh, he's got some exciting things coming up. He'll be graduating with his master's degree um, from uh, George Washington University here in um this spring in May. And, um, but I was talking to him about how the pandemic, uh, it seems like it just like messed up the space time continuum. Cause it feels like it's been forever since I've seen Nick and it really hasn't actually. Been. I know. <laughs> Absolutely. No, it's it, everything is so messed up. Um, but great, great to be back and great to be talking with you again. Yeah, of course. And, um, and we'll we'll get to all kinds of great things, but Nick is uh, Nick has been um, one of my favorites over the years. Um, he uh, it was really involved with um, Junior Giants, and we'll talk about that. And um, and yeah, just so proud of him there in Washington D.C. representing the Mustangs. And so uh, so we'll get the we'll we'll get there eventually. Nick, tell us about where you're from. Where'd you grow? Where'd you grow up? Absolutely, uh, Piedmont, California. So. Very small town inside Oakland. I think Mm. it's, I'll have to double check this, uh, but I believe it's one of the only, if not the only city that's surrounded completely by another city that's the same city. So every exit Mm. out of Piedmont is Oakland. Um, Piedmont itself is about two square miles, 12,000 people. Both my parents actually grew up there, went to the same high school that I went to. So Wow. Very, very interesting. Both of them ended up back in Piedmont um, and obviously raised their family there. So very, uh-huh. all my family because of it, very close in the Bay Area. Uh-huh. Um, and now obviously we'll get to, I'm living in DC and no families out here. Everyone's still back in, in California. Right. But originally from Piedmont. Um, and yeah, both parents grew up there and great, great, great small town. Um, yeah. What'd your folks do when you were growing up? So my mom, a uh, personal assistant for a philanthropist, um, okay. Kathy Bull, she actually founded George Mark Children's House. It's in um, San Leandro, I believe. It's the first children's hospice um, in the United States. Oh, wow. So really, really amazing um, property. If anyone ever, they do actually a lot of work with the San Francisco Giants. So if anyone ever has an opportunity to go visit George Mark Children's House, it's an incredible place. Okay. Um, so I've done a lot of work for George Mark Children's House, but specifically for their for their founder. And then growing up, my dad was a police officer. And luckily, he retired before I was in high school. Okay. So um, my two older brothers had, had to cross over with him being a police officer in the same town that they were high school students. Yeah. Um, luckily, I was able to dodge that. <laughs> okay, you dodged yeah. that. Yeah, I hear you. Well, I I I I, lo- I understand um and appreciate the the um the connotations there cuz uh knowing uh, knowing uh myself as a high schooler, I would not have wanted <laughs> my dad to be a police officer in the same town for sure. Um, exactly. Yeah. Uh so so let's talk a little bit more about that. You know, I um I spent a little bit of time in Berkeley and um, with with friends and with with different like um, jobs. And, and in fact, for Junior Giants, my my very first uh, summer working for the Junior Giants, I spent a um, ten days there in the Berkeley area because I was doing some some data collection and, and whatnot. And I was really amazed by I would go like one street over and I was in Oakland, and I was like, mm-hmm. oh. Oh, I said there, there is a lot of, uh, I kind of know what you mean, but I had never heard of Piedmont. That's the first time I've, I've heard of Piedmont. So, uh, so you, you mentioned brothers. So you have two older brothers, two older brothers, youngest of three boys. So crazy growing up. Nice. Nice. My poor mother. You're, you're, uh, you know, Nick, in, in knowing you, you're, uh, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised as a, a younger brother, usually the youngest brother is like really hard nosed and has to be like, uh, you know, a rough and tumble k- kid because it gets picked on by the two older brothers a little bit, but you're, uh, you're nice and laid back and not, uh, not at all. So you must've had some kind brothers. 
Oh, mm, I don't. <laughs> we're yes and no. Um, yes and no. We're very close now, and but definitely growing up, there was some 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 tumbling going around for sure. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think I that came out in uh, very competitive in nature. So I think that yeah. came out more in the sports realm, sports realm um, in general. But gotcha. yes, we're very close, but. Um, typical growing up with with being the youngest of three boys yeah i hear you what what now so tell tell me um how much older are they than you we're all relatively close the oldest actually just turned 29 um, and the middle is 26 okay cool cool yeah so so what sports what sports did you what what was the in the, the price household what were you guys uh most competitive in so we're all lacrosse players um football players but i was quite scrawny going into high school so i stopped at flag football i was the eighth grade qb that's my that was the end of my uh, football career but main sports were lacrosse i played goalie and then uh-huh. basketball nice nice okay yeah i never played any lacrosse but i imagined if i did i would have been a goalie right that's the same <laughs> said with hockey too <laughs> fair enough yeah. So uh, let's talk a, a little bit more uh, about, so w- was, was sports like your main gig? What did, what did you get into as a kid? What was your identity like? Was it, was it mostly centered around sports or was something else that yeah. you got into? Definitely a, a decent part of it. I was very fortunate to, like I mentioned, grow up with so much family in the area. Um, I, three of my four, I knew three of my four grandparents and all three of them lived in Piedmont as well. Oh, that's so yeah. that they were really a huge part of my identity growing up. Um, yeah. A lot of just the skill sets and um, work ethic and everything came from my parents, but also very much so from my grandparents. So they're very ingrained in in my identity. Right. So outside of grandparents and family, sports very involved um, and everything, and never really got too far in instruments um i was in acapella all four years of high school oh. not that, not that i can sing so don't ask me to sing but okay, okay. in acapella was one of the things to do at our high school like even yeah. all the football players were in acapella so nice. Nice. it was it was a blend of really talented singers and the rest of us who were there just because it was fun yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I you know I am I am totally with you. I don't know that I've ever told anyone this, Nick, but um, yeah, I grew up in a choir setting too. Like I, even though I can't sing a lick, I mean I, yeah. I cannot keep a tune at all, and um, or keep a tune. See, that shows that I have no idea what I'm <laughs> it's not even sustain whatever word you want. Yeah, well, I'm not even. Yeah, I'm not even sure what that. I I just blended, and I I had that. I could go deep, so I could. Mm-hmm. Go deep deep you know i could do that but yeah yeah, i had to blend in because if i didn't blend in it would uh be awful (laughs) yeah no i love telling people that tidbit because their reactions are always so great um because one they've either heard me sing or they just can't imagine me in a choir setting Uh uh-huh but yeah for all four years <laughs> so much fun though in a choir setting yeah. to be like to be able to blend in and the like and then hear it and realize look you know i made very little contribution there but it was it really there. sounded okay right we we help we help with the volume nick we were the volume absolutely. you know absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. you can hide in the choir you just smile <laughs> and uh you just smile and sing i i used to love it but yeah. uh that's awesome. So talk to us about that path to Cal Poly. Um, obviously, we, we have a, a pipeline in the Bay Area down here to, to slow, but um, but everybody has their own unique story. Tell us tell us yours. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so my oldest brother went to Chico. Um, so uh, I obviously knew about Chico and the whole uh, state system, the state of California, of course. Um, and I knew there's a Parks and Rec program at Chico. My middle brother went to Cal Poly. And he, uh, he was a bio major. He's the, he's the brains of the family. Uh-huh. Um, and he had friends at the time that were in the parks and rec major. And I remember, I think my, probably my sophomore year of high school, looking at the RPTA curriculum uh-huh. when he kind of shared the major with me and immediately fell in love with it. And I was just, I knew that this was the type of stuff I wanted to do. I had no idea that this kind of program was really out there. Right. Um, so I was really excited to see 
once he showed me that that program did some more research into it and other programs like it yeah and then once it came time to uh apply just thankful that i somehow got into cowboy <laughs> yeah i hear you i hear you. yeah exactly that's awesome well I, I love hearing that and you know we hear so much about that word of mouth and how important that word of mouth is and you know I, I remember like very distinctly and you probably remember me telling the story in, in class but i was i was in this like i was in my hometown i was in this studio apartment with like roaches galore, like very little light, you know, and uh, I was like working as a restaurant manager and my best friend had just gotten back from Jackson Hall and he told me that they had sport management master's programs and I was like, shut up, you're kidding <laughs> me. I had no, I, I had no idea, you know, yeah. you know, it was like 25, 26, whatever. And I could not believe it. And it was like that moment like changed my life, right? You know, I just remember, and it's so wild um, how those moments, right? Those, those connections, that word of mouth that you can hear about certain things can can really propel you forward. So let's talk about that uh, propelling forward here in slow, right? Um, I know you made the most of your college experience. Um, so, you know, pick one or two or, or, or uh, what, do you have any good stories you can share with us where you look back and you think to yourself like, oh, wow, I'll never forget that. And it doesn't have to be, you know, professional development related. It can be anything. Um, uh, pick out a couple moments for us. Yeah, and I could take that so many different directions. Um, I think the one that sticks out the most immediately, just in terms of being at Cal Poly and what I remember a lot was getting there and I was walking home one night back to the dorms and could smell the cow dung from the ag fields and there were seagulls flying above me. And obviously I've experienced both, but not at the same time. And yeah. I knew then, obviously, that has a negative connotation to it, but really it shows how unique Cal Poly is. Yeah. Having access to such a great campus and such a great area from, you know, the hills behind us to the ag fields to the beach. Uh, there's really so much that goes into that community. So I remember that very vividly Um as a funny story, but more so as just showing the uniqueness of the area. I actually had um, a boss when I was at um, the Nationals. Uh -huh. He is from out here in DC, but he's traveled the world. He's I think he's been to over a hundred countries. Uh -huh. And he said, San Luis Obispo is one of the most incredible places he's ever been in the entire world. Yeah, I was like, isn't it wild? I, I feel so too, but I didn't like, I haven't been that, I haven't been to a hundred plus countries. So I wouldn't expect, expect that but right really that's what comes to mind and then of yeah. course getting involved in different professional development areas but i think uh, and we can get into that more too but i think a side note from cal poly being a unique campus i think it has an incredible feel of being a larger school but feeling small at the same time yeah and i really appreciated that as well so loved being in such a unique area and yeah of course making great connections along the way I love it. Well, I, you know, I, I love the, um, I love the overarching message of, of your example, but I, I will say that I, I'm pretty certain that, um, no one will ever, uh, will ever make the, um, flying rat and cow poop, uh, connection. Uh, <laughs> quite like <laughs> you did. I love it. <laughs> That's so great. Like, yeah. but it really like, I, I love, I, I, I love it because it's like, those moments where you're like, wow, this is just different. This is like, amazing, <laughs> you know, and, this is what it is. <laughs> exactly. And to your point, um, you know, whenever I meet someone and I tell them anywhere I go in the world and I tell them San Luis Obispo, and if they know it and have come here there, they immediately light up and they're like, mm -hmm. Oh my God, I've, I've been there. What an amazing place. You know? So we, we really do have a, a special, a special thing going. Let's talk about that professional development. Um, obviously, I know how involved you you were when you were here. You know, we we of course um, experienced the global pandemic while you were here, also. But um, I feel like of all the of all the students during that time, you were one of those ones that just really made the best of um, of a, a of a negative situation, obviously, and how much. Um, 
how involved you were and and how you stayed involved and and you you made a point to to really um you, you know to to really hone in on that professional development and build your skills so when you look back and what you're doing now and obviously it's not that far to look back on but um has there was there something that you did that really propelled you where you feel like it really helped you to reach um to wh- where you are now Absolutely. And really everything I did um, really helped in so many different ways. I think the two that I would pull out if I had to were Junior Giants, as you mentioned, and working for ASI events. Um, Junior Giants, because it was sports, philanthropy, community relations has always been my real passion within the industry. Mm -hmm. And being able to launch into that during college, um, stayed in slow, summer of 18, I think it was. Mm -hmm. And was the ambassador for the San Luis Obispo um, League, and then the year following, moved into regional ambassador position. Where I'm, I'm still. I actually have. I'm starting that on Monday, so I'm still, still involved with Junior Giants. They're not getting rid of me just yet. You know, I knew, I, I knew that Nick. I, I was hoping you were going to talk about that, and that's one of the really awesome things is that they realized. Um, pretty early on, they initially thought they were going to keep it to just college students, but then they realized that college students stretches on into master's programs. And there's lots of master's students who want to stay involved along those lines. So that's really awesome. I, um, I knew that you were doing that and I love it. So will this be your third year as a regional ambassador? This is my fourth, fifth overall. (laughs) Fifth, Fifth overall and fourth as a regional ambassador. So, so talk to us um, specifically about your time at Cal Poly. You started, like you said, as a slow, um, the slow league ambassador. And then the next year you became a regional ambassador, right? Exactly. And it was, it was to your point earlier about um, the pandemic and everything. I believe it was, I was set to, I wasn't going to be able to come back to junior giants because I was set up to go intern for the LA Sparks um, and live in LA. So yep. it was sort of off the table. And then the Giants came back and asked if I'd be interested in a regional position because another regional gone. And I said, absolutely. But I'm also really considering this internship with the LA Sparks. Yeah. About two weeks later, the pandemic happened and everything shut down. Yeah. Everything shut down. But Junior Giants didn't, and they switched the entire program to to online. So, you know, obviously a horrible situation for so many reasons, but I was fortunately able to pivot and stay involved with Junior Giants because some other things fell through. And now here I am still still involved. So, yeah, yeah, very thankful for all of it and, and the timing and how it all worked out. Yeah, that's so wild. And and you guys uh, launched Junior Giants at home. And um, for those who are, are not aware, um, during that time period, um, the the giant the Giants Community Fund is just an amazing organization. The Giants in general is just a a first class organization. But um, but the the work that you all did and the time that you spent to engage kids during the pandemic and and to pivot to junior giants at home was just extraordinary. And, and I, I know obviously through you and through my connection with the giants community fund, but also I had my two sixty students do research on it. Right. And, um, and ba- basically their conclusion was, uh, yeah, the junior giants are doing more than any other. Like, it's just amazing what they did. So talk to us a little bit about that pivot and, and how, how you guys manage that. Yeah, it was, I mean, we really overhauled the entire program and learned on the fly. I mean, that's that's all the entire world could do was learn on the fly, especially in, in our you know experience industry yeah. that's so tied to in-person interactions. Yeah. Um, we really had to learn on the fly and see how we can make it work in this virtual space. So we had, we basically took the Junior Giants concept that's in person, put it online and had kids jump onto a Zoom um, ranged from 15 to 30 kids on the Zoom, and we had an entire curriculum led by coaches that were interactive online, and um, they really did. They really leaned into it, the coaches, and tried to be as engaging as possible. And um, I think it was much more successful than anyone anticipated. And we we're all ready to go back in person, of course. Of course, but, but 
it's this cool moment in in kind of the junior giants and giants history that you yeah. know during that that really tough time for so many families uh junior giants was a constant and still still a resource for for folks so really really cool program yeah it just war- warms my heart to think about it and just think about the smiles on the kids faces and i mean you know um, I, I was lucky enough that, that my kids were a little bit older during the pandemic, but I talked to so many parents who were struggling because it's like, how do you keep kids engaged during during this time period? And to have something like um, younger kids, I mean, engaged during this time period. And um, yeah, to have something like the Junior Giants to keep them active and keep them up and 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 um, and learning and growing and that's just just extraordinary. So let's talk about. Um, let's talk about the path uh, out of Cal Poly. I mean, obviously, you um, you graduated in the kind of uh, murky pandemic area era, also, right? And so that had to be that had to be very difficult. Um, so, talk to us what, about what that was like. Um, what you did your internship, um, who you did your internship with, that sort of thing. Yeah, perfect transition actually to um, the second. I mentioned ASI events. I was fortunate to do my internship with ASI events. So I started at ASI events the end of my sophomore year. Yeah. And then um, obviously had my full junior year in person and then senior year things shut down. So senior year, I did my internship. I started as a special events student assistant at ASI events and then was promoted to student manager. And that's what I kind of connected my internship with yeah. Um, during the second half of, of my senior year. So mm-hmm. was really absolutely love my experience working for ASI events. Um, ASI as a whole is a great organization to get involved with and ASI events specifically um, still very, I actually just got back from a trip to Colorado with all of my old ASI coworkers. So we've, Oh, you did. Much, um, and have stayed connected. That's so awesome. was able to do my, internship with ASI events and kind of similar to the junior giant story. It was switching all of our events that we typically do in person to online. And what does an online concert look like? What does an online engagement look like? So it was really good experience learning about virtual events. Obviously we all prefer in person, but it was a, it was a good experience um, to see how we can make the most of, of a tough situation. Yeah, of course. And, um, and shout out, I mean, um, ASI, I mean, what an, what an amazing organization. And, you know, we're, we're, we're lucky enough, um, you know, over the years to have a a really great, um, a really great relationship. And, um, you know, we've had, uh, we've had uh, over the years, um, so many, uh, so many students involved and, you know, I call it one of our learn by doing labs and, um, and, uh, you know, and the leadership of ASI has, have been uh, graduates of our program for pretty continuously over over the years. And so that's been also pretty amazing. And so, um, yeah, just a shout out to, to ASI and, and for for those um, for those students um, who are, are listening, you know, make sure um to, to engage, you know, ASI is such a fabulous opportunity and, and don't get me wrong. There's so many different ones all are all, all over campus, but um, ASI in particular is, is pretty, pretty exceptional. Would yeah. And it, really, it, was very, it was very learned, very hands-on, very learned by doing. Um, yeah. They expect a lot. They're very flexible. They expect a lot from the students and kind of throw you into working with, especially ASI events, we were working with agents, working with potential vendors and clients and helping with contract negotiations and all that stuff. So it was a really great entry, almost entry level position into the events world um, while also going to school. So really amazing experience. Exactly. You know, um, we've had college students for, for many years, um, uh, that that preceded your your generations that would say things like, "Well, I mean, how am I supposed to get experience? So I'm in college. Like, oh, there, there you can gain experience in college, right? And that's uh, yeah. 
one of the things that I think is so great about, about ASI and all the different learn by doing labs that we have, Cal Poly Athletics and, and Junior Giants and um, the Slow Blues and, and all of that. And so, yeah, you can really genuinely gain experience and, and leadership and management um, experience um, in college. And you're a perfect example of that. So let's talk about that path now, um, Nick, uh, to graduate school and and um, and leading up to what you're doing now. One of the one of the reasons why I wanted to invite you on is you've had some pretty amazing experiences there in in Washington D.C. since you've been um, since you've you've been in a master's program. Let's talk first though about that. Um, that decision to get a master's degree. Obviously, you took a few of my classes where I told you as a sport mm-hmm. management, um, as a sport management student, you're not going to get especially far without a sport man without a master's degree. So, um, but talk to us about um, you know, it's one thing for old Graybeard Greenwood to tell you that. It's another um, Is that what they're calling you these days? Yeah, I guess so. I'm calling myself <laughs> that. I, I, it's like it's I uh, can't hide it anymore. When I grow it out, Nick, um, I always know when to cut it. When someone says Santa Claus for the first time, Uh-oh. that's <laughs> when I know I got to bra- get the razor out. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, so talk to us about that decision, though. You know, it's a, it's another thing to hear a 20 something um, say, yeah, I made the decisions to get a master's degree. Tell us what that decision was like and what that experience has been. Yeah, absolutely. It's Candidly, it was a hard decision um, because I, like you said, it was an interesting time in the entire industry because we we're coming out of the pandemic. Yeah, there were a lot of hiring freezes. Um, I could have easily gone back home and just, you know, tried to get an entry level job and started working. And I fully considered that. Um, I think the reason I did a lot of research. So I think the main thing was I did a lot of research and realized, yes. Grad school is what I want to do. Um, I think it will only benefit me in the future. And I'd rather do it now than later is kind of the decision there. Mm-hmm. And then the other half of it was I spent my entire, you know, first 20 plus years in California mm-hmm. and absolutely love California. All my family's in California, as I mentioned, and mm-hmm. my roots are in California, but I was ready for something different. My family growing up, we were road trippers. So until I moved out to DC. I had never even been to the East coast before. Ah. Uh, So I was really one, I knew it was a good professional decision. And two, personally, I just wanted to experience something else. Yeah. Um, So I sort of just took a leap of faith and ultimately decided to go to George Washington Uh, for various reasons. I loved that they're very internationally connected. Um, It kind of plays into that same notion of wanting to get different experiences yeah. in California and, you know, wanting to see more of the world. And I think DC is a very interesting place for that, obviously much closer to the overseas than California is. And it's such a transient city and that everyone that comes here is from everywhere. So I, that was really enticing, enticing to me. Their sports management program is housed in their business school. Um, and in the research that I did, that's kind of what I saw was a lot of the programs that have it housed in the business school. Um, not that they're better. I wouldn't say that because every program is good and every program has yeah. things that they can tout. But I, that was another kind of point of emphasis in my research. And also just yeah. um, since we obviously took plenty of business classes in at Cal Poly in the program, but I also wanted to strengthen that. Yeah. So right now I'm grinding my way through finance. I never took finance in, in undergrad. So hopefully I'll pass finance and, and we'll graduate in May. But yeah, it kind of came down to those two things. Really, I decided it was professionally made sense from the research I was doing. And personally, I was ready for kind of a, a next step. Right, right. And and um, yeah, some great insight there. You know, when when students ask me if 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 about graduate school that that is one of the things that that I will talk to them about is if you have an undergraduate degree in sport management um it it, it probably does make more sense that if you're going to get a master's degree to get it 
in a more business oriented sport program. Um, because if not, you're going to get a lot of, you know, depending on the program, you might get a lot of repeat. Like I've heard right. say that, like, well, I went and got a master's degree in sport management, like you said, and they taught me all the same things you taught me. And I'm like, oh, well, okay. <laughs> yeah, sounds, like, you know. sounds like Cal Poly is a good program. Though. Yeah, we have a good program, and it's but it's supposed to be more advanced, right? You know? Yeah. Um, so, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, so I love you, you talking about that. Um, let's talk about some of the um, amazing experiences that you've had. One of the things about sport management programs that um, for, for those who are listening and might be considering, one of the things you want to look for is connections, right? Are they promoting all of the connections that they have in the area, right? And um, one of the things that that we've talked about over the years is that, yes, we have some amazing learn by doing labs for our undergraduate but for a master's program, it would be a little bit harder for us and not being located, you know, in a hotbed like Washington, D.C. or San Francisco or L.A., where you have Absolutely. like all of these huge opportunities. So let's um, let's talk about it. Uh, let, let's open with one of the one of the ones that that I think is just amazing that you uh, worked for the U.S. Department of State um, as a as a sports diplomacy intern. So tell us what that was about and um, how that came about and what that experience was like. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so really, it came as to your point, it came through the program. Um, at the time, I was working on campus in the alumni relations department, just uh-huh had just gotten to DC and, you know, obviously needed money to pay for rent and also, you know, just needed to get familiar with the area. So I was working on campus. Um, and then at the same time I was working on campus in the alumni relations department, the program director for the sports management program, which actually I found out, I forgot to mention this after I found out, um, I got into the George Washington program. I found out later that Lisa Delpy Narati is actually a Cal Poly alum. And also and the program director at George Washington. So that was another connection that was unexpected. No way. <laughs> uh, wasn't a parks and rec major, but yeah, she um she went to Cal Poly. <laughs> wow. That's yeah. awesome. What's mm-hmm. what's her name again? Uh Dr. Lisa Delpy Narati. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Uh I'm gonna have to connect with her. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So she has a a listserv, so she sends out opportunities galore, really, Uh uh, to all current and um, past students. And this was one that just came through that. And I was like, sports diplomacy, that definitely seems to be something that I was interested in. Um, And it was a really great experience. Um, I was there for six months before I transitioned into um, a different position that we can talk about as well. But um it opened me up into a whole other world of youth development, community relations that I didn't know existed. Um, There's actually a recent article. I, it was either in Washington Post or somewhere that talked about the sports diplomacy division at the U.S. State Department and how it's this unknown small powerhouse uh, of a department. Yeah. And basically what they do is various exchanges so they'll send a lot of olympic athletes um or former professional athletes overseas to do in whatever sport or talent that they have and do various exchanges with the local community Uh they also bring international folks to experience the u.s through sports and sports diplomacy so really the purpose is to use sports as a tool of um advancing u.s diplomatic relations um obviously um spreading democracy across the world through sport so um it was a really great experience opened my world to a whole other aspect of the industry that i hope i can find a way to get back into in the future right Um, so i was there for about six months and was basically kind of working two jobs alumni relations sports diplomacy intern yeah. And then going to school. So I was sort of doing a little bit of everything. Yeah. Kept but you busy, really, huh? Really, they did. Very, really amazing people. 
uh, at the sports diplomacy division. Um, definitely encourage people to to look it up and, and see the the work that they're doing. Really cool. So tell us, um, um, during your time, uh, during your time there, who who would uh, who did you who was the cool the coolest person you got to meet or the 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 person you got to meet where you're like, oh wow, that was uh, I'll never forget that. Was there were there any moments like that? There weren't. It was a. It was actually. A, it was kind of during the pandemic times and it was a completely remote position. Oh, it was, I was going to say, or so, was it remote where you didn't get to meet yeah, many people? <laughs> yeah, I think, but to answer your question in a different way, the yeah. coolest kind of um, thing that I worked on was the summit for democracy. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I knew you did a, you did a summit. Yeah. Tell us about that. Yeah. Yeah. There was, there was a, uh, a panel discussion of a segment of democracy that was all about, you know, using, the power of voice in sports. Um, And I was able to do a lot of research and outreach to folks that would eventually be on the panel. So um, did a lot of research and it was a really cool experience to learn about all the different athletes that are out there who are promoting um, diversity, equity, inclusion through, through their sport, through their voice. Um, So that was kind of the coolest, I think, project that I was able to work on while I was there. Love it. Love it. Awesome. So now let's talk about, uh, let's talk about the next, next position. So you've, you've worked for, uh, you've worked for a couple of different national league clubs, uh, now. And, uh, so you, you also have the Washington nationals under your belt. Um, one of my, uh, Philly, uh, Philadelphia Phillies rivals there in the, uh, <laughs> national league East. Um, so you got a you got a chance to to be a community relations intern. Um, when you look at your time um, doing that, so that was a nine month period uh, during uh, last all throughout the last year's season, right? Um, obviously, it wasn't the best one on the field for the Nationals, but um, that's for sure. <laughs> but, but, uh, that's an understatement. But um, but uh, but community relations. That's one of the things about community relations is that it doesn't. I mean it. Don't get me wrong. It does matter what happens on the field because people are more excited or less excited. Um, but the thing about community relations is that the mission is not to win. The mission is to help people. And so talk about what that experience was like. Is there is there one take, uh, you know, a, a takeaway or a couple takeaways during your time with the Nationals? Yeah, I think the main one is just met some incredible people. Um, the Nationals have such amazing ties with a lot of the military installations in the in the DMV and a couple of different programs we worked on was the community ticket grant program um, and then salute to service so every home game in Nats Park um, I think it's been since they moved into Nats Park it's the longest standing tradition of the team Mm -hmm. Uh, they they honor eight servicemen and women um, and their families right behind home plate oh wow so and this is something that happens every single home game um one myself or the other intern would always be down there coordinating it and it wow. never it never got old every single time there was a moment where so it happened between um the third and fourth inning uh-huh. and there's a moment where all the families are put on the jumbotron and they realize their faces shift there's a moment where it goes from this is a fun activity to the entire stadium is standing up and rooting for me and waving their caps. So the tradition is that everyone stands up in the stadium, waves their caps uh, and salutes the service members. Um, it's very quick, less than 60 seconds, but it's really impactful. And every single time I would do it. Um, Gives you chills. Yeah. It never, it really never got old. So yeah. that's what I remember the most from it. Uh, but they do a lot of, a lot of great work with yeah, the schools, military installations um and then as well as the the local uh, baseball leagues and right. softball leagues. right well and and let me just uh, make sure that the listeners know what uh so that so that they don't think that you went down to the dmv line to find <laughs> um dmv stands for dc metro uh dc metro what I had the V and now I forgot the V. What's the V? Virginia, Maryland, Virginia, DC, Maryland, Virginia, DC, Maryland, Virginia. Okay. Right. I was like, yeah. DC Metro. And I was like, what's the <laughs> Wait v? A minute. 
Uh, wait a second. It I does zig the DC, the greater DC, Virginia. Metro, yeah. yeah, the area, right? So, exactly. You know, some people were sitting there going, "Oh wow, they find military people down at the DC." <laughs> like, wow, that's interesting. Okay, it's on there. I guess it's on their uh, ID. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Glad you. Would be a good place. That would be a good place to find. Yeah. Right. Glad you clarified. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So. Um, uh, and and you know I I appreciate you saying also like it never it never gets old right and that's one of the things that I think is really important about community relations you know one one part that people sometimes struggle with sport management is that it can be long hours it can be you know you're working while other people are playing and that sort of thing. And um, you don't really get to watch the game because you're working and, 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 you know, so, so people can sometimes get a little bit disenfranchised along those lines with sport management, but community relations is different because, mm-hmm. uh, because of what you said, that impact and that feeling like, like you said, like looking at the eyes and the faces of those service people and knowing um what that means to them and knowing what what it means to take your hat off and wave it and and recognize someone's service to the country and or recognize you know the impact that you're making in a kid's life like the Willie Mays scholars through exactly. community fund and that sort of thing it's just it's just a lasting impact and and you don't see as much turnover in community relations uh departments in sport management as you do in the other areas because right. people people love it and they they make it a career they make a career out of it and they want to help their community and and that's uh that's really amazing so let's talk now about what you're doing with destination dc so you you're you're um you're bringing in some other areas of the experience industry that you got some experience with um and so it's more of a sport tourism area and that was one of the other reasons why i was excited to talk to you because we don't uh, we don't have as many students that end up in sport tourism. It's kind of a niche area. So talk to us about what Destination DC does um, and what you're doing with them. Absolutely. So Destination DC um, is Destin- Destination Marketing Organization for the city. Definitely heard DM- the term DMO my entire time at Cal Poly. And here I am actually working for one now. Yeah. Um, so DC is very interesting. and I won't get too deep into the to the red tape here, but right. DC is interesting in that destination DC is the DMO events. DC is more of that sports authority and event authority or uh, venue authority, stadium authority. So events DC owns and operates a lot of the facilities in, in the DC area. And then destination DC is then empowered to sell those uh, to a, potential clients. So obviously the meetings and conventions um, industry is massive. So at Destination DC, there's two of us that work specifically on sports and our whole job is to attract um, small, medium, large events to come host uh, their competitions or awards, whatever it is in the DC area mm-hmm. to improve um the city economically so to provide economic impact to the city so incredible position i've been here about six seven months really enjoying learning a ton it's really bringing me back to some of my cal poly experiences and tourism classes which has been great so it's yeah. sort of a marriage of what i studied at cal poly with what i'm studying in my master's program yeah um, so it's been nice to be back in that tourism industry and yeah, it's been it's been a great experience. Um, we work very closely with Events DC. They have a sports team over there as well, so we have great partners throughout the city. Um, I really enjoy it because, kind of to your point, it has sort of wrapped all my experiences into one in a way that I wasn't really anticipating. Right, it has, it has the events. Um, yeah, because you have the anti events experience. The right, yeah. exactly. It has the tourism. It has the events. Um, and there's still that community impact because the more the more events we can bring to the city, the more money that comes into the city and the more money that goes into, you know, 
we had a conversation the other day internally about, you know, like the local seamstress is going to be impacted by events coming to the city because they're coming to the city. And they, so all these, it really impacts across the city. So it's easy to get lost in just the fact that you're bringing a large scale um, event that's pretty and, and looks good for the city. But when you really think, think about it, it's impacting the local businesses. It's, it's impacting those small family run communities. So um, because, because there's that element to it as well, um, I'm very, very grateful for the position and, and it kind of wraps everything that I've experienced and so far into, into a position. Right. I love it. That's really awesome. So, so talk to us about what it's been like. So we we've been um we've been on this thread, right? We've we've talked about US Department of State, we've talked about the Washington Nationals, we've talked about your ongoing with the Junior Giants as a regional yeah. ambassador, and then and then now Destination DC. And a thread that has continued underneath it all is that you have a math that you're completing a master's degree. So right. tell us, uh tell us uh tell us what it's like to um to try to balance all of these things um, and and still be successful, it's hard. I think I've been fortunate and and grateful for everyone in the industry who's been in my employers who've been willing to be flexible. Mm-hmm. Um, I have noticed that that's a common theme that there's a lot of support around furthering your education. So employers have been very willing to be flexible. Obviously, at the same time, have to meet deadlines and all of that, all that good stuff. But I think that's the first thing. Um, it is challenging. I, I think it was most challenging when I was with the Nationals because, like you said, there are long nights and early mornings and mm-hmm. um, everything in between. So, really, is just staying on top of of it all. And and um, I've been become very good about being diligent in my calendar and staying on top of it all there. Um, so, I think just budgeting my time is is the biggest thing. Yeah. Um, but I am all of that to say I am very glad to be graduating in May. I and was gonna say I think you are looking forward to that, getting that piece of paper. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, but it's been a great experience though. It's it's really challenged me to, you know, be able to to balance a lot of things. And I had experience doing that in in college, but this is kind of a especially being in my first full-time position where the stakes are higher than being an intern of course so <laughs> that's been a, a change in mindset as well as you know i'm in a full-time job now and i have to execute and um bring room nights to the city that's how that's how i'm evaluated uh on performance level so right have to turn in my assignments but also make sure i'm bringing in room nights to the city through sporting events so it's the stakes right. are um but overall very grateful and um, i think Kind of going back to the grad school point, I think throughout the entire my first year in DC, there was also this underlying feeling of will all of this be worth it in the end? Like, did I make the right decision? Right, going to grad school, mm-hmm. um, and I certainly feel that I have that kind of story still writing itself. We'll see, but right already, I mean, State Department, Nationals, yeah, and uh, Destination DC would not have been possible without going to grad school. Right. So just that in itself um, has, I think, proves the point. But yeah, there was a time there where I was like, I don't know if I made the right decision in going to grad school. Right. But um, there's always going to be those moments of indecision and whatnot. Right. Uh, Yeah. uh, Second guessing, of course. And we have a tendency like to think uh, grass is greener. But now I, I think you can probably or I would say you can def- not probably you can definitively look back and look at uh and look at, I mean I just look at your your experience thus far Nick I mean shoot what are you 24 years old or, or so uh 25 yeah 20 uh 25 in August, so 25 20. in August, right? And yeah. you've got, let's see, you've got uh, uh, Cal Poly ASI, ju- uh, Junior Giants, the the Giants Community Fund, um, U.S. Department of State, uh, and Washington Nationals and Destination D.C. That's a pretty, that's a, that, that's a career for some people and uh, so impressed with, with everything you've accomplished, Nick, and um just uh just can't thank you enough for for coming on and and sharing your wisdom with um with everyone and um 
you know, I uh, one one of the ways I like to end is um, recently I've been doing this is um, what advice would you give your junior year self, right? And so junior year self, you were right on the verge of the pandemic. The pandemic was was launching and I'm sure um, like everyone during that time, you had your own things going on in your head like, oh my God, I'm going to graduate in the middle of a pandemic what's going on and you you really you made the best of it but um if you could give your your junior year self some advice what advice would it be would, would you yeah, give? yeah absolutely um there's two that really come to mind i think the first one goes back to that grad school decision and the advice would be lean into things that make you uncomfortable mm-hmm. and at the same time take a risk um i think you know, it's, it's good finding things that you're passionate about, that you're good at, but it's also where, where we grow is when we're uncomfortable. So I think being willing to do moving out to, I'm not saying you have to jump ship and move out to across the country and and go to grad school, but whatever it is, or you could, um, I think leaning into stuff that makes you uncomfortable is where, is where you're going to grow. Um, and I've just noticed that in myself, moving out here, finding a place to live, living on my own, little to no family out here, really kind of having to start from the ground up um, has been a great experience. And then kind of tangenting off that is be patient. Um, This whole thing is such a process and I have such a tendency to get ahead of myself a little bit and worry about, did I make the right decision going to grad school and all these things, but Mm -hmm. really just... And obviously this has become a phrase since Embiid said it, but trusting the process mm-hmm. um, I think is really important. And I keep coming back to that myself and just being patient that this, your journey is your journey and um, you know, whatever comes of it is going to be, is going to be good. So just staying the course um, is, is important. Yeah. I love that. And I think that's, um, I think that's really great. And I, I love that you're, uh, I love that you're um, a trust, a trust in the process. Uh, what was the, what's the, the, um, is it uh, Moray uh, that was uh, coined that phrase? Who was uh, it? Was it? It was uh, Embiid. Yeah, it was, it was related to Embiid, but wasn't it the general manager for the, the for the Sixers? Um, uh, Hinky. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, Daryl Morey. Uh, yes. Was, uh, yeah. Um, because one of my, my buddies actually um, uh, played Pi Gal in Vegas with Daryl Morey. <laughs> they were like, trust That's the process, right? Trust the process. Yeah, so well, I love it. A, trust the process. A, it's such a cliche, obviously, but... Um, no, I've really thought, even starting my my first full time job, I've really had to reel it back in and allow myself to be patient, allow myself to breathe and learn the job and learn the language of the business right. before you know jump into it. And and yeah. um, so I think taking a moment to step back and being patient is is really important. Wonderful. We have I think we all have a tendency to jump ahead and and try and figure everything out immediately, but it, it takes time. One hundred percent. I love it. I love it. Trust the process. We'll we'll, do, <laughs> we'll we'll end with that. Thank you, thank you so much. Really appreciate it, Nick. It's great to reconnect, and um, uh, please stay in touch. Great to see you. You as well. Take care. Take care.